Emerald Podcast Series. Research that makes a difference. Hello, welcome to the Emerald Podcast Series. My name is Thomas and my guest today is Professor Dr. Mohammed Amina Isami, Director in Charge of Development, International Relations and Communication at Group ISCAE, a leading business school in Casablanca, founded in 1971 by King Hassan II to improve business education in Morocco. Professor Dr. Mohammed Amina Isami is also an Emerald Brand Ambassador. Okay, so perhaps you could tell me a little bit about uh, Emerald. Yeah, being an Emerald brand ambassador, I will certainly guarantee full strain collaboration, support students, more specifically PhD students and authors ready to publish and get research to the right people. Personally, I do believe that academic research can impact lives, livelihoods and communities. The resource dissemination holds immense potential to positively impact the business world and academia by fostering knowledge sharing, problem solving, critical thinking, collaboration, policy influence, and social development. As technology continues to advance, innovative dissemination methods and platforms will play a crucial role in connecting researchers, stakeholders, and community, ultimately contributing to positive change and progress as well. That's really interesting. And Emerald's really keen on real-world impact. What kind of impact do you like to see? Actually, in terms of uh, impact, this program has the potential to bring significant benefit to the MENA region and Africa as a whole. So through increased access to knowledge, local problem solving, collaboration and networking, policy influence, academic advancement, technology and innovation, cultural and regional uh, diversity, and through also capacity building and trainings. Absolutely. And the Middle East and North Africa has seen a lot of change in recent years, recent decades. What have been the most notable changes from your point of view? Actually, the development of management education in Africa and the MENA region as well, has been an evolving process with several key trends and and facts. So I will discuss roughly 10 main facts. First of all, early foundations, where management education in Africa has its roots in colonial times when European powers established universities and schools to train local administrators and civil servants. These institutions laid the groundwork for later development in business and management education. So the second step is expansion of business schools. So in the latter half of the 20th century and into the 21st century, there has been a significant growth in business schools across Africa. So many universities have established dedicated schools of business or management to meet the rising demand for business education. So the same case here for Kupiska, which is a public business school that was created in 1971 one in Morocco, and then collaboration with foreign institutions. African business schools have often collaborated with renowned international universities and institutions. These partnerships have brought in expertise, faculty exchanges, and access to global business networks enriching the educational experience for students. Then challenges in terms of infrastructure, Despite, you know, the progress, many regions in Africa and in the MENA region as well still face challenges in infrastructure, which can affect the quality and accessibility of management education, limited resources, lack of modern 
facilities and limited access to technology can be obstacles to delivering world-class education. Emphasis as well on entrepreneurship, given the significance of entrepreneurship for economic growth and development. Many African business schools today have started focusing on entrepreneurship, education, and fostering a spirit of innovation and business creation amongst students. Customization to local context, some African business schools have taken an approach that tailors management education to the specific needs and challenges of the African continent. This includes addressing issues related to sustainable development, inclusive growth, and social entrepreneurship. Association memberships today, because many African business schools have joined international management education associations, such as AMBI, EFMD, and EACSB, such as as well the Association of African Business Schools to collaborate and enhance the quality of education through networking and sharing best practices. Government and private sector support as well because government and private sector organizations have recognized the importance of management education for economic growth and development as a result. So they have supported initiatives, scholarships, and sponsorships to improve access to quality business education. Then online and blended learning. The rise of online and blended learning models has also impacted Management education in Africa and the MENA region, these flexible approaches have made education more accessible to a broader audience, including working professionals through lifelong learning and learnings from remote areas. And finally, focus on ethical leadership. Some African business schools have emphasized the importance of ethical leadership in management education. They seek to instill values and principles that can contribute to responsible and sustainable business practices across the continent. And that's really interesting. There's been some new developments in ethical finance over the last few years, haven't there? Indeed, more specifically, the development of the fintech industry in Africa, which is by far developed, if we do compare it with different regions in the globe, more specifically in Europe and in Asia. Just for instance, if to cite one example, which is about the mobile payment, is in the western part of Africa, which is widely used and developed. Oh, that's interesting. I previously lived in China, where we have the Wishin Pay. Right, so all payments that I did for the last two years, there, I think, were just on the app. So I came back to the Western world and people started using cash and then debit card at taps. What's the kind of situation for making payments where you are based? Actually, as in, in my country, so we do have the same development that we do witness in the African region because, you know, this is a trend mm-hmm. and more specifically about the payment vector. But we in Morocco, so we do start actually as emerging market to produce technology for payment. And we have a few companies that are specialized and they do export their services more specifically in, in African markets. That is interesting. So these are Moroccan-based companies that service other North African countries? For North African countries, actually, I don't have statistics, but more specifically for African countries, it's been sub-Saharan region and Western and Eastern part of Africa as well. And you mentioned earlier on about the, there's some unique infrastructure, say, challenges 
for, for students in North Africa. Uh, would you like to explain that a little bit more? Because you also talked about blended learning. Yeah, for, for, for the infrastructure, actually, because you know that the access to internet for the student is not guaranteed in Africa. And to have, let's say, the same chances in terms of to have an access, to have a laptop first, to have access to internet, and then to examine the content that normally is available online, and also try to, to mix huh? between face-to-face, -face, uh, let's say, hours with the blended learning, with the online, let's say, courses that are delivered, which is not that easy for some category of student. And sometimes, unfortunately, this is the majority of students that they are facing such kind of adversities to have an access to the content that is used in a blended mode. I understand. I spent a lot of my teenage years in the countryside in Turkey. So we didn't always have electricity, but we developed coping strategies. So for example, if there's an online document, you download everything you need whilst you can, because you might lose the access later. Are students able to make good use of that? I think now students, they are accustomed to, to use different, let's say, methods in order to catch up their lag, or they work in a community. So they are working in groups and they do collaborate together in order to, let's say, to, to have the same chances to access to the content that is available for them. Oh, yes, that reminds me because I used to have one type of phone access and a friend had another provider <laughs> and they would go down at different times. So if we met up, we could always look at the right document on his phone or my phone. So again, you develop creative coping strategies. Indeed, indeed. Do you find that can also create some opportunities for business students? Actually, you, you know that uh, being a business uh, student in a business school does offer a huge range of opportunities because students today, they are not, let's say, they have their full immersion to a professional field. So they do interact with recruiters, they do interact with companies, and they do try, uh, let's say, to compare their ability with other students that they are enrolled with them in an exchange program or in a double degree program. So they are in a full interaction with their peer uh, coming from other, let's say, environments or with, let's say, professional experts that more certainly they are inspiring them and offering to them opportunities for internship to have access to scholarships and so on. Oh, absolutely. So that's the joy of business schools, I think, is that you can actually interact with businesses around you and see that knowledge put to work. Can I ask what are the most exciting projects that you've been involved with? My research projects is more specifically about financial stability. So I'm interested in chasing, let's say, financial bubbles, trying to understand the dynamics of monetary policy, of uh, more specifically of government's, uh, let's say, behavior and central bank's behavior during the crises and during also the, the instability periods and also the, the, the behavior of the investors uh, from different paradigms more specifically from market or efficient market hypothesis and adaptive market uh, hypothesis as well. It sounds to me like you study the sea, the environment on which the ship of business must sail. And we all hope for calm waters when we sail. I'm curious that every era has a different generation of scholars. Do you think that we're about to witness a new generation of scholars from Africa and the MENA region with new ideas about the management field? Actually, several trends have been shaping the landscape of management education in both Africa and the MENA region. 
So these trends reflect the evolving needs of the business world advancement in technology and the region's economic and social development as well. So through entrepreneurship and innovation, there has been a growing emphasis on entrepreneurship and innovation in management education across both regions. Business schools are fostering a spirit of entrepreneurship, offering courses and resources to support aspiring entrepreneurs and equip students with the skills to drive innovation in various sectors through uh, the creation of incubators. And digital transformation and technology integration, because management education has been adapting to the digital age, incorporating technology into teaching methodologies and coursework, online learning platforms, virtual classrooms, and technology-driven simulation are being used to enhance the learning experience and prepare students for the digital workplace. And social impact and sustainability in business schools in both regions are increasingly addressing social and environmental challenges by promoting sustainability-focused education. There is a growing emphasis on the teaching ethical decision-making, corporate social responsibility, and sustainable business practices, industry partnerships, and experiential learning to bridge the gap between academia and the industry. So management education in Africa and the MENA region has been fostering partnerships with businesses, experiential learning opportunities such as internships, consulting projects, and industry visits allow students to gain practical insights and hands-on experience, which is not any more exclusive for executive profile, but for non-executive students as well. And then customize and contextualized curricula, business schools in both regions are tailoring the curricula to suit the specific needs and challenges of the local business environment. This includes addressing cultural nuances, regional economic trends, regulatory framework to ensure relevance and applicability, focus on soft skills and leadership development, so soft skills such as communication, Mastering languages, foreign languages, emotional intelligence, and adaptability are gaining importance in management education. So business schools are emphasizing leadership development, aiming to produce future managers who can lead diverse teams effectively. We do notice also that the involvement of different governments in offering scholarship for leadership programs, such as the, the U.S. government scholarship for the leadership program program dedicated for African students, women empowerment and diversity. Both regions are witnessing a shift towards promoting gender diversity and inclusion in management education. However, we do notice from statistics today that female uh, it's a students are prevailing in business schools <laughs> today. Efforts are being made to increase the representation of women in leadership roles and empower them to succeed in various industries. Lifelong learning and executive education that I have mentioned earlier as the business landscape continues to evolve rapidly. So professionals are seeking continuous learning opportunities, business schools are responding by offering executive education programs and upskilling courses to cater to the needs of working professionals. And the two last 
point actually the global collaboration and mobility so african and mina business schools are engaging today in international partnerships and student exchange programs to foster cross-cultural experiences and expand global networks to their students just to cite the case of copisco business school so we do have more than 120 agreements with peer business schools that we do offer huge uh, opportunity for exchange programs and double degree programs. And while discussing with my colleagues in African business schools, they are actually confirming the same fact about global collaboration and mobility, which is increasing an exponential way. And finally, hybrid learning models. The COVID-19 pandemic has accelerated the adoption of hybrid learning models, which combine online and in-person teaching methods this trend is likely to continue as it offers flexibility and accessibility to a wider range of students. So as management education continually adapts to the changing demands of the business schools, it's important to note that these trends may evolve in a different way in the upcoming period. Yes, absolutely. And anticipating those trends can be really difficult. What would you anticipate to be the biggest trends that are coming in your field? The business world in Africa and the MENA region has undergone significant development and transformation. Both regions have experienced economic growth, technological advancements, changes in business practices, which in turn have influenced management practices. There is an overview of the key aspects of business world development and its impact on management practices in Africa and the MENA region in order to, let's uh, let's say, we will use the rational expectations paradigm through, first of all, economic growth and diversification. So over the years, both Africa and the MENA region have witnessed notable economic growth and diversification. So this growth have been driven by various factors, including natural resources, infrastructure developments, trying to catching up, foreign investments through uh, FDIs and a growing middle class. So the changing economic landscape has created opportunities and challenges for businesses requiring management practices that are adaptable and strategic. So rise of entrepreneurship and startups. Entrepreneurship has been flourishing in both uh, regions with a surge in startups and small businesses. This entrepreneurial ecosystem has led to innovative solutions, increased competition, and the need for agile management practices. Business schools and management programs are now placing a stronger emphasis on nurturing entrepreneurship and providing support to startup ventures. In technology and digital transformation, like many parts of the world, the business world in Africa and the MENA region has been significantly impacted by technology and digital transformation. So the widespread adoption of mobile technology, as we have mentioned, for the mobile payment and the fintech development in Africa, Internet of Things, e-commerce, AI, and digital platforms has changed consumer behavior and business operations. So management practices now need to consider digital marketing in African context, data analytics, cybersecurity, and other tech related aspects so focus also on sustainable development both regions have been increasingly cautious of sustainable development and environmental impact consumers and stakeholders are demanding more responsible business practices leading to a shift in management approaches 
companies are incorporating sustainability into their strategies, supply chains, and corporate social responsible responsibility initiatives. Cross-cultural management as well, because we do uh, talk about the MENA region and Africa. We do know that we have different regions in Africa, different uh, mentalities, mindset, and so on. So the MENA region and Africa are known for the cultural diversity. The business world's development in these regions has necessitated cross-cultural management skills, understanding cultural nuances, communication styles, and business customs has become crucial for su successful management and collaboration. Then globalization and international trade, globalization has opened up new market and opportunities for businesses in Africa and the MENA regions as companies expand their operations internationally. Management practices must address the challenges of working across borders, complying with international regulations, and managing diverse teams in different locations. Corporate governance and compliance, so through the development of the business world in both regions, has put a spotlight on corporate governance and compliance standards to attract full investment and maintain trust with stakeholders. Companies are increasingly focusing on transparent and equitable management practices. Then talent development and retention as the business landscape evolves. So the demand for skilled and talented professionals has increased. So management practices now place greater importance on talent development, employee engagement, and strategies for attracting and retaining top performance. Then government regulations and policy changes through changes in government regulations and policies, we can have a significant impact on business operations. So effective management practices require today staying abreast of regulatory updates and adapting business strategies accordingly. Finally, the last point is about emphasis on resilience and risk management. So both regions have faced various economic and political challenges, such as fluctuations in oil prices, geopolitical tensions, and global health crises like the COVID-19 pandemic. So management practices have increasingly focused on building resilience, scenario planning, and effective risk management or enterprise risk management framework. So the development of the business world in Africa and the MENA region continues to evolve and its impact on management practices will continue to shape how organizations operate and adapt to the changing environment as these regions face new opportunities and challenges. Management education and practices will play a crucial role in fostering capable and visionary leaders. That's very interesting. You've mentioned a few times that students that you deal with have very close ties to real businesses. I'm wondering if there are any particular examples you'd like to give that demonstrate this. More specifically through their extracurricular activities, because students do form groups or clubs or associations. So could be international in an international network like Rotaract Club or national clubs in order to, uh, let's say, organize and interact closely with companies and organize events in, in their business school through, for example, different events by inviting as well delegations from other business schools and universities. By participating in uh, job fair forums, 
and also organizing different events such as conferences and bringing let's say different panelists challenging the panelists uh, trying to understand the dynamics of the industry and the business world and also through their curriculum because they have their different projects more specifically consultancy projects and then they have also immersion professional immersion projects and social impact projects so they do interact closely with different partners of our business school and they do have the opportunity to lead let's say consultancy mission and to work in a group of students of let's say five students maximum and try to address different difficulties and adversities that they do observe in the field interaction between businesses and business schools can be really interesting. You also mentioned that there are some aspects of business culture locally that can be quite different from, say, Europe and North America. I was wondering if you have particular examples of this. The challenges and opportunities in the business world in Africa and the MENA region as well are unique and uh, require management approaches that are contact contextualized to the local environment. So new scholars today are likely to focus their research on addressing specific regional issues, fostering the development of management theories and practices that cover to local needs. For example, so today, if you do introduce a case study method in your course, so instead of talking about case studies that are talking about multinational companies, but for uh, local needs and for uh, local students to understand the management practices through, uh, let's say, case studies that are interested in local businesses and trying to understand the dynamics of management practices uh, through the local case study that is presented. That's why today, majority of business schools, they are encouraging their faculty to write case studies that are interested in local context, more specifically in their region or maybe in their country. That's really interesting. Something for me to look out for in my reading. Thank you. I'm interested, you mentioned, obviously, there's the stability of the region. Stability tends to be good for finance. And you mentioned, you know, the oil prices, COVID-19, disaster planning. Um, I'm curious what positive factors there are and what positive factors we can hope for to help stability. Actually, through increasing interest in management education, because the rising interest in management education in Africa and the MENA region, has led to more students pursuing advanced degrees in management-related fields, as more scholars engage in rigorous research and critical thinking, so the likelihood of new and innovative ideas uh, emerging increases in order to anchor, uh, let's say, and encourage stability as well. So promoting local research and collaboration, addressing social and environmental challenges, because when you have a, res a responsible research, management scholars in Africa and the MENA region are increasingly aware of the significance of addressing social and environmental challenges. So this awareness may lead to new management paradigms that emphasize sustainability, ethical leadership, and corporate social responsibility. With uh, coupled, of course, with diverse perspective. So both Africa and MENA region bo uh, boast uh, diverse cultures, languages, and tradition. 
and traditions, this diversity in Reich's, the perspectives of scholars and can lead to fresh insights and approaches in management research. I'd just like to ask, is there anything else that you would like to add? Are there any questions I haven't asked? Actually, the growth of management education in uh, and research in Africa and the MENA region, coupled with the local context as well, challenges and opportunities provides a fertile ground for a new generation of scholars to generate innovative ideas and contribute to the advancement of the management field from a regional perspective. So their contributions have the potential to reshape management practices in ways that are more relevant, sustainable, and impactful for businesses and societies in these regions. Uh, I have one thing to add is that recently we were celebrating the semi-centenary of Kropiske Business School in Morocco, and my Professor Robert, my colleague, and I have published a book edited in French language entitled 50 Years of Management. Does This book actually does depict perfectly what we were referring to during this podcast discussion. Okay, something for me to check out and try and stretch my French. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather test my French than my Arabic, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much. It's been really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about our guests and for a transcript of today's episode, please see our show notes on our website. I'd like to thank Nadine Lula and Daniel Ridge for their help with today's episodes and Alex Jungius from This Is Distorted. You've been listening to the Emerald Podcast Series. Mm-hmm.